Hi everyone, you're listening to the Information Systems Wonderland podcast, a podcast about the fascinating tales and stories from the jungle and the gardens of information technology. My name is Michael Sherman and I'm your trusted travel guide down the rabbit hole and back. In this third episode, we look at companies that have been around for a while and are sort of established members of the Silicon Valley. For this episode, I interviewed Julian. He works as a product manager for one of those companies. Let's see what he has to tell us. I think for us, what's sort of, I think what I, like, what I would think of sort of like the key traits um, are obviously sort of like an, an environment like we're operating sort of like being a, being a self-starter and fairly independent. Uh, I think being able sort of to, um, to have, you know, a fairly analytical mindset and, and background and being able to sort of like um, piece together a lot of things in a, in a very fast changing environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, kind of like um, being able to work independently and largely autonomously um, and also, because I think specifically kind of where we operate under here is we have sort of like a, a company where we have a very limited set of rules. So I think you have to have pretty good judgment as a client, or as a, as, sorry, as a customer, um, or as a, um, 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 you know, employee here, um, because essentially what you're, what you're trying to, uh, um, Sort of, you know, like the the situations that that you're in, like on a on a daily basis, um, require you sort of to make a quick call, and you don't have a, a ton of rules to follow, or maybe it's it's not really clear, um, you know, who who's responsible. So it's up to you basically uh, to have good judgment and and make a call in the best interest uh, of the company. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are two very important points. One is this being independent. Can you can you elaborate mm-hmm. on that a bit more? Sure. I think like what that means for us is basically um, being able to um, either sort of have a um, either like sort of a, a certain project or like a task is given to you. But I think a lot of times it will not be a very clearly defined task. It will just be like a like a project area to explore. Like for example, look at this um, uh, at this market or uh, uh, look at this. Um, and or if it's more in the engineering area, it's like, can you look at this tool and see if this could help us to uh, uh, sort of like, you know, um, maybe decrease latency that we have or uh, make it easier to store data for us, right? So it's, it, it, it tends to be oftentimes fairly exploratory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you have to be able to work independently, like, first of all, understand, okay, what should I focus on? How do I scope the project? How much time should I spend on? And obviously there, there, there's some guidance that, that we give to, um, to, um, people that, that have, that have newly joined. Um, but there's still this expectation that you're able sort of to work independently mostly and can seek guidance if necessary, but we're not going to, uh, sort of give you the exact steps, right. Or right. like a, a very, or like tasks might not be very, very explicit at mm-hmm. times, for example. And that, I, I guess that also means that you have to juggle a couple of those um, ill-defined tasks, right? It's, it's not just one Correct. person. Exactly. You probably have more tasks than you, you're actually looking for. Um, how do yeah, you, exactly. How do you um, judge? I mean, you get a CV from someone who wants to join you. 
Um, how do you judge this? I mean, it's an important trade, being able to mm -hmm. work independently. How do you mm -hmm. evaluate a candidate? Yeah, I think I think the, the 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 main way of doing this, I think, in interviews, is sort of like put the client in a situation where there's a lot of ambiguity. Mm -hmm. So it can be a small, um, you know, it can be a coding exercise. It can be uh, um, a situation where you have to work with a client or a certain uh, situation where, like, you know, sort of like, you know, the company or the product is in a certain state. Like, how would you deal with that? Mm -hmm. And so basically trying to understand how the client, or how, how the, not the client, <laughs> how the uh, um, person would, would be able to um, actually sort of, you know, dive through the problem and sort of dissect it into different parts and, and say, okay, um, this, is, this is the issue that I've, you know, sort of this is what, I, what I've understood. This is how I would um, sort of start, um, uh, you know, investigating this. Um, and this is sort of like my prioritization, for example, as well. Um, this is the order of things that I would do. Um, and so I think this is kind of like how we're, how we're trying to test for it. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's very difficult. Um, but uh, it, this is kind of like the, I think this, this is one, one main way. The other one is obviously asking about um, past experience um, mm -hmm. and sort of connecting this past experience to projects or areas where this came up and trying to understand how that person um, basically has acted in these situations or how, does, how, how they've dealt with it. Um, and although that's something you can easily prepare for, um, it usually tends to be a pretty good indicator uh, of sort of having this kind of like independent uh, or, or sort of self-starter mindset uh, mm -hmm. um, because you can usually see how people talk about a project or, or like a work area that they've worked on uh, and see sort of, you know, if there's something they fully own and they kind of work through it independently or if this is something they were mostly given and had needed a little more guidance. Yeah. Yeah. I see. So, I mean, the other thing that you mentioned was this um, being able to, to have good judgment and, and you mentioned mm -hmm. that this involves um, not only, I mean, solution characteristics, but also in a certain sense, project management, right? I, it's, mm -hmm. it's, let me say, it's just a very minor task. Just look at this tool and understand and help us understand whether it's value for us. Um, it, it surely is not um, a correct way to, to spend two weeks full time on that, on that thing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think that's, I mean, the, the independence and this good judgment is related to each other, but um, is there, how, is that something that you also look for or specifically test for um, whether a candidate can actually have good judgment? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, a, that's probably like a skill that's incredibly hard to assess um, because yes, you can sort of test for that a little bit um, in these situations where you like put them in, in sort of like into like the, in, into like a certain scenario and like have them sort of uh, uh, try to solve the problem and sort of see what assumptions they make. Right. That's usually one way of looking at it. It's sort of, um, you know, they're, they're sort of given something like, like, a, like a scenario where they're not, that they're not, you know, entirely familiar with. And so they have to make certain assumptions. And these assumptions are usually based on, you know, that's basically a judgment then, right? So how, um, how big should the system be? Like how many records do we need, right? So that's based on like past judgment of like, well, how many records would a, would a client need in this, in this scenario, right? So, so, which is basically a mix of like your past experience really that you've maybe mm -hmm. had or like your imagination of like what a client of that size would do. Um, and 
what's difficult here is obviously like if you have a lot of past experience, that's a lot easier, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a person has good judgment in situations uh, where they haven't been before. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that's, what's, what, what's, what's really difficult. Um, I think overall it's, it's very hard to, to kind of test. Um, although I would kind of see it's one of these skills that you can sort of, um, I guess like try to, that, that just sort of try to test through, like a bunch of, and I think that's why we have usually in our interview process, I think five or six interviews um, through different people and like different situations. And it's one of these characteristics that's basically sort of like um, uh, um, uh, that, that, you know, candidates are uh, rated on um, yeah. is uh, sort of like, do they have basically this like judgment? Um, and obviously it also depends what role um, they, 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 they'd be working on because for some roles it's, it's, it's incredibly important for others, maybe less. Um, but that's sort of the way we're trying to go about it. Um, it, it, it seems very hard to pin it down. Um, but in the end, I think we still require everyone to sort of like, um, uh, you know, sort of like, uh, rate like, a, like a candidate on this, in this category. Mm -hmm. So, um, the, the interesting thing is if you, if you, um, you just argued, okay, he needs to be able to solve, he or she needs to be able to solve problems independently. But um, mm -hmm. let's face it, most of the work that we do or most of the work that's being done in the companies is project-based, mm -hmm. team-based work. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you have this tension between, hey, I got to solve my own stuff independently, but I also need to work together with, with um, my team members. I need to be mm -hmm. on, up to date. I need to keep them up to date. Is that mm -hmm. also something that's, that's really critical to you or... It's something, um, yeah, so, so I think it basically relates to a lot of like communication, right? Like in, internal communication, if I, if I, if I understand this correctly, uh, and, and sort of prioritization basically of your own needs and like the, the part of the project that you're working on and other people's needs. Um, it's honestly something that we haven't been focusing on a lot in, in interviews, um, mm -hmm. but it's definitely like a quality that, um, you know, we think is, is uh, very important. Um, but I think it's a little bit, um, again, I think it's one of these like, categories that's not exactly rated on, but it's, it's sort of like everyone has an impression how someone would work in a team yeah. um, and how they sort of, how collaborative they are, for example, in an interview. Um, and so I think these are sort of like these soft signals that people are catching up on and, 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 and that they're using then to kind of make a decision on, on, mm -hmm. on, on a candidate's uh, skill set in that area. I see. Um, so the, the interesting thing that, that, um, that, that I'm, when I listen to you is that most of the stuff that you've talked about is, um, and you mentioned it, it literally, that is the more experience you have, the better it is. So let's take mm -hmm. a, um, student right out of school. Um, mm -hmm. obviously there is no way he can get this mm -hmm. level of experience that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So the question right. is, um, how can a school, how can a university, how can a program actually help people to get to that level? Is that something you, you wish that the universities would do that or? Is sure. That I mean, I think it's, a, yeah, I think it's a great question, obviously. I mean, think, um, uh, obviously like, you know, like, a, like a, um, a company always wants to have someone who's, very smart and fairly analytical and has a lot of experience. So that was like a great combination. Um, but it's obviously incredibly hard to find also. <laughs> and so, um, so you have to realize that, you know, if someone is straight out of school, there's no way that they can have this experience. 
I think it depends a lot on what you're optimizing for as a company. And I think, for example, we um, specifically sort of have this bias that we think sort of analytical capabilities um, in the end sort of like beat experience if it, mm-hmm. if it comes down to it, which I think is actually fairly favorable for, for people right out of, uh, out of school if, they're, if, they're, yeah. if they have strong analytical capabilities and, and they're smart and are, and are very driven and are, and are curious and, and eager to learn. And so um, I think for us what it means, so I think that, that's our general bias, but I think it also means um, in interviews um, that if there's an experienced candidate, obviously that candidate is judged differently than someone who's right out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, from my past experience in, in, in interviews, um, what you usually see is that experienced candidates can, can talk a lot about different, um, you know, areas that they've worked on, but, um, there's also a risk that a lot of times that it's not super relevant or it's sort of, it doesn't, you know, they don't ask the right questions basically. And I think there's definitely a strength for uh, people right out of school, um, because they have less experience. So they look at it fairly uh, sort of like, you know, just more, more, more analytically maybe. Um, and so that's usually what, what, what I've noticed that actually people right out of school perform quite well in some of these more open-ended questions, um, although they, they, they didn't have a lot of experience. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's obviously difficult, like to answer your last question, um, for a school to exactly prepare for these different areas because it's, it's very unclear what, you know, expertise that uh, the candidate might need in the specific uh, um, uh, and it's sort of like there's like expertise or like specific uh, expertise for that for that um, area that that this company is operating in. Um, but I think that the focus should be on sort of like analytical capabilities, right? And sort of sharpening these mm-hmm. and being able to um, understand a problem in a short uh, in a short amount of time and um, being able to ask the right questions to sort of like have a good understanding if a solution that you've sort of like come to make sense or not, or what are sort of risks uh, in this case, right? And I think some of that is definitely experience-based, but I think a lot of that can be sort of deducted from um, sort of like just, you know, sort of like a, like a good analytical and like sound analytical understanding of, of what the issue is. And I think a lot of that is sort of it's training as well and, and is asking a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So, but um, I, I like the idea of having this, I mean, this, this analytical thinking, because that's, that's mm-hmm. I think that could be one of one of the strongholds of, of, of a good uh, university program. Um, mm-hmm. what, what does that entail? I mean, you said understanding the problem. Well, what do you mean by understanding the problem? I think it's, it's basically being able to, first of all, if, if a problem is given to you, like understanding what, what is the true problem behind it, right? Because it's, it's possible, and that's sometimes how we test it also, is that the problem we set out is not the actual problem to solve. Mm-hmm. So the first one would be identifying what is the true problem here, right? So the way you, you describe a situation um, might not be exactly the problem that's actually uh, uh, sort of going on here. And maybe there's a, there's a deeper underlying issue that you have to solve, and that's the, that's the true problem, right? So I think that's the first step, basically figuring out what is the true problem here that's, that's, that has to be solved. Um, and then I think the next step is being able to um, sort of, you know, structure the problem in a way that you can solve it, right? And that could be that you have to um, dissect it in sort of different parts and have to think about how you want to do that and how do you, how do you split the problem up? Or potentially even, um, you know, maybe, maybe you can't solve it this way. You have to make it bigger, right? There's this whole idea, well, you have, to make, you have to make the problem bigger to actually solve it because 
the way it's sort of like constrained today, it, there's no way to solve it, right? And I mean, this is sort of like in the very like ideal way. It's, it's hard to do this on the fly, like in an interview. Um, but I think that's kind of, that kind of you know that kind of thinking and sort of like the 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 strategy how to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is is very very helpful, and I think we'll sort of be. I mean, actually, that's kind of like what you're what you're facing every single day here. Um, uh, sort of like a new challenge, and how do you solve it? And I think being able to deal with it, to deal to being able to to deal with uh, with this ambiguity and the complexity, and sort of like break it down in like smaller chunks, um, is, is sort of I think the 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 mindset and the um, the thinking I think that we need. Yeah, so, I mean the int- I mean the, the the interesting thing in that is um, if you say okay, you need to understand the problem. That all I mean that also includes communicating, right? Asking the right mm-hmm. questions to clarify the project. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in the end, it also, I mean, you cannot just take your, um, your analysis, results of your analysis and just put the table with all the numbers and figures on the slide and just tell it, right? You need to also, in a sense, sell the, sell the solution to the customer or to the client. Is that... That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would agree. It's it's, it's both ways, right? It's sort of like communication is important to basically um, really understand what the problem is. So you have to ask the right questions. And then the, on the other hand, if you have the solution, how do you present it back? Uh, and um, communication around that, I think, is, is is very important. I mean, I think when we when we look at sort of recent grads or or, or new grads, basically. Um, what we typically see is I think that their analytical capabilities are very strong. Their communication capabilities are maybe less strong, um, which I think is fine for a lot of the entry level roles. Um, but obviously um, the, the more communication able, like, capabilities you have, the better. And I think that's uh, really going to benefit you as, as a candidate um, uh, or as, as an entry level sort of grad, um, uh, basically being able to, um, communicate back to your team also like you know what are you working on how are you thinking about a problem um, so that's definitely like a, like I would agree that's a capability that, that could be where, where where there could be more focus on like the communication aspect as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the next issue that I see in this in this concept of I'm an independent problem solver that is part of a larger team and we have sort of a general mission is also things like conflicts i mean there are always conflicts um is that something that you um also look for or that that you actually need in in the roles that you fill um i think so yeah absolutely i mean i think there's always conflict um in and sort of i mean it sounds always like very negative or in a way people are shouting at each other but that's not i think conflict can be very subtle right it can be there's just, you know, opposing opinions and uh, you need to come to a conclusion and you need to sort of like um, somehow move forward. And so that's definitely something um, uh, that's, that's, that's very important. Um, again, I think it's, that's very hard to, to test for also in, in an interview, but it's definitely something that we're, um, um, that we think is, is, is very important. Um, the way we go about this is usually um, asking about situations where they have resolved a conflict in, in the past and kind of walk us through how they've, how they've done it. Um, but it's a, it's a skill set. That's definitely something that, that we're, that we're looking for. Um, but I think it's also something that's 
hard to acquire sort of in theory and Mm -hmm. it has to be something where you have to just go through the conflict and sort of um, understand basically what are the different aspects sort of how how do you go about it how do you solve this and 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 um, requires like a lot of soft skills I would say so it's like hard to um, you know kind of train this I think yeah Um, but uh, sort of in, in in a classroom setting I would think but definitely a very, very important skill. Okay. Um, so th- this, I mean, is there something, um, let's, let's assume a candidate, she joins you. Um, um, is there something that you do to train um, mm-hmm. the, the person in, in these fields or is it more directed towards, I don't know, the analytic skills or any specific analytical process that you're using? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think, so we, we have obviously, so we have general training um, that sort of considers based like the actual role and sort of like the, the, the responsibilities um, on top of that. Um, we do have um, sort of some kind of uh, leadership training essentially where um, again, I think our focus is more, we basically assume like they have very strong analytical capabilities mm-hmm. and I think lack more on the sort of like communication um, leadership side, because that's, something they haven't been exposed to um, and they want to sort of like, and, and, and basically have to learn. Um, and you can probably also only learn this more, more organically. Um, and so that's something we are doing. We basically have um, sort of coaches um, where sort of certain um, people that sort of like are um, aspiring like to, to work in a, in, a, in a more sort of in a leadership role. And this can be sort of like as a team lead, right. Um, or um, uh, in, in, in a lot of cases, um, to sort of go through a training process with a coach or in a larger group with a, um, sort of a bunch of people with a coach where sort of we actually teach certain concepts um, uh, related to, um, to leadership, conflict resolution, uh, and like management in general, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that has been a very, has, has become a very important pillar, I think, of our um, internal uh, culture here, um, specifically as we try to basically promote a lot from within. So I think part of our culture is that we try to nurture talent within the company yeah. rather than sort of hiring uh, extensively from outside. Um, mm-hmm. We do have some outside hires, of course, but uh, I think that's another um, that's another important uh, part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I mean, um, to to sum this up, and in a certain extent, is um, obviously, sort of the foundation are strong skills in analytics, and I assume with analytics you mean, um, to a large extent, data analytics, but also just simply structured problem solving, being able to understand what's going on. That's that's all part of the analytics thing, right? To actually figure out um, what's the problem, how I, how do I solve the problem in in, in the most efficient, most effective way, um, and. You should be doing. You should be able to do this on a very independent basis, and um, and still be able to. So you you got to solve the conflict for yourself between being a being a team player and being an independent person, or independent problem solver. Um, so the the next the, the, the next question that I um, that sort of lingers in my mind is, um, let's assume you have. Um, you are in charge of, you can dictate schools what they should teach to, uh, to mm-hmm. the students. 
in, in an actual sense that they teach students precisely for your organization. Let's, let's just make mm -hmm. this, I know it's a very um, mm -hmm. imaginary case, but some, mm -hmm. uh, what would you, what would you require them to, to take in terms of courses or even just experiential learning? Got it. Um, I think it's a great question. Um, I think certainly for us, um, the focus would be sort of any kind of like project-based class where sort of students have to work together to sort of collaborate mm -hmm. um, on, on a project um, where sort of there's high ambiguity. So essentially kind of like simulate that setting, right, that we have here within the company, um, but sort of like simulate this in a, in a classroom, small team, um, sort of where everyone is a stakeholder and there's um, sort of like ultimately clear ownership, but that isn't defined early on. So it has to be defined and the roles have to be defined. And so all of that is sort of like up to the students. Um, I think that can be fairly powerful to basically train both sort of like analytical abilities to how do we actually solve and structure this problem to like, um, you know, communication and team communication um to basically management and leadership right mm -hmm. um so someone might be the sort of uh and there might be different or multiple managers or leaders in that group or maybe everyone is but sort of how do you how do you take on your personal role to like conflicts that arise so i think that's a very good setting um to um to kind of practice mm -hmm. um practice that and, and i think the project has to be sort of like big and meaningful enough that sort of these things come up so i think if it's a fairly like contain smaller projects and I think um, that might not be as valuable so I'm, I'm basically thinking something that takes you know goes on for like a whole semester or so um, and and sort of like a like a multi week or even month project uh, yeah. could be something where, where this could be very very helpful mm -hmm. all right that sounds um, sounds complex because uh, the interesting I mean um, when you think about it, the, the, the school should essentially provide something like a safe space where people actually can experiment with those kind of things, right? So right. Um, the interesting thing is how do you induce conflict if when there's, mm -hmm. I mean, if, if the goal is to have them experience conflict, um, mm -hmm. uh, the interesting challenge would be exactly what you said is to actually make the, the problem in a way that you can be sure that they will at some stage during the project um, at least experience what a, what a conflict feels like and how to solve or how not to solve a conflict, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a good question. I mean, I, I think it's obviously, it seems challenging to basically, you know, like induce a conflict. Um, my guess would be that if the project is long enough and sort of complex enough, that there will be some kind of conflict mm -hmm. uh, or some kind of like, um, you know, opposing opinions on how to pursue or, or proceed with the, with a project. Um, that would be my guess. Um, I think it, it's difficult to kind of uh, uh, induce it. I mean, another way could be you basically simulate the conflict by, you know, defining the roles and kind of telling people, okay, imagine you are in a certain scenario. How would you act? This is your role. This is your role, right? How would you try to solve this? Um, my guess is a little bit sort of like the more natural it is, meaning like if it's an actual project setting where people are stakeholders and, and have a true stake in, in the project and something they, they truly care about, that that's probably 
better because it feels more natural than sort of like a more, you know, scenario based thing where people sort of have like less skin in the game mm-hmm. you know, eventually. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think both ways could be, could be helpful to, uh, to train that. Um, but again, I think it's like, it's, it's, it's very hard. I think like beyond, beyond sort of this simulating like, or like, or having like a project based environment and working in that, um, I think it focus really like on, on analytical capabilities and like problem solving, mm-hmm. um, I think are very, very helpful. And I think there's a variety of different classes you could, you could have, but, um, I think thinking through that would be, would be very, very, uh, is, could, could be, could be very beneficial. Um, another area that I think is interesting and I don't know how that relates to, um, to like not necessarily like new grads, but a sort of strategic thinking and sort of, um, like in a, in a business context, uh, maybe, maybe in general, but, but specifically also in a, in a business context, um, because there's definitely like a lot of patterns that you, um, that you obviously see all over, over and over again. And, um, having an understanding for that will definitely help you, I think here in the, in the, in the day to day as well. So, mm-hmm. can you, can um, you elaborate on area. that a bit? What do you mean yeah. by business thinking? I think, um, so I think, uh, Basically, understanding that um, decisions that are that are made on a, on a on a company level, for example, um, you know, tend to be highly strategic, and there there is sort of and and like that depends on the context the company is operating uh, under, right? So, for example, um, is uh, uh, like the, the sole idea, for example, is the, the market that a company is operating in. Um, are there strong network effects or not, right? Or for a certain product, um, how should I think about like adoption, right? How do I, mm, how okay. can I um, uh, basically uh, increase adoption for a product? How can I, um, uh, you know, increase retention or reduce churn, right? So I think these are all like fairly, fairly um, um, business heavy requirements and it obviously depends on the, on the position, but I think especially for people on the business side or on the product side or BD side, I think these are very important things to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they might, they're not always super obvious. They, um, again, they, they're different from industry to industry, but I think having a good understanding of the underlying dynamics and, and maybe even economics basically of the business um, is very helpful to make good business, good and sound business decisions. So in, in, in a sense, not only um, technical analytics or data analytics or whatever, but yeah. also economic or strategic analytics. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, do, are we in a need, uh, do we have to do a pivot or not? If, if you think about it in the, in, in the startup area. Um, yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah, c- correct. Correct. Okay. Um, is that something that, um, is it a strength of the people that you currently or have been looked at, or is that something that's rather missing or you would? I think, I think it, I, I think it depends heavily who we recruit. So um, obviously um, if, so um, MBA candidate or MBA, MBA graduates uh, tend to be usually fairly strong on the strategic thinking mm-hmm. side because they had specific classes um, on that and sort of like an interest for that. And it's part of the, the, the typical MBA curriculum and, and of case studies to like focus extensively on on sort of like the underlying economics of yeah. businesses. 
um, obviously if people did not have that uh, uh, sort of like background and, and specifically on the engineering side, there's usually a lesser understanding of the underlying economics. Yeah, the, um, the, the, then the we don't is, usually see that, but that's also fine, yeah. Yeah, the, the question is, should um, someone in, in an engineering role have at least a fundamental understanding of their pro of of the strategic and business aspects because typically in a company the the engineering does not operate independently of the rest of the world right mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's right i mean i think um it's a good question so i mean i don't think it's absolutely necessary um i generally think sort of like this i mean from from my role in 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 product that it's good to give engineering as much context as possible because there will always be ambiguity that has mm -hmm. to be resolved independently. And so um, the more context an engineer has, the easier it is to resolve this ambiguity um, like in, in, independently. And I think, I think the reason why, why I think it's, it's, it's so important is um, because it's sometimes not even apparent when this ambiguity you know, appears. And so like an engineer would just make a decision and make a call or something. And mm -hmm. so, um, if you can basically like you know like increase the context that makes it a lot easier now that being said i think when you think about strategic decisions it's unlikely that any of these um, sort of more tactical decisions would impact anything on the strategic level usually yeah. um, because it's just so high up there so i wouldn't see that as a requirement um, and maybe it's more um, for like you know personal understanding so um, i think i think it matters less on the engineering side to be honest mm -hmm. um, all right Okay. Okay. Um, so, I mean, in in to 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 wrap it up, I think what the the core strength or the core issues that you look for is this: is the person? I mean, obviously beyond a analytical foundation, but is the person able to work a in a team and but also and even more so able to actually solve a problem on her own mm -hmm. with little guidance. And it's not just, I mean, running a case, but it, the, I guess the solution should be innovative, effective. So it should mm -hmm. have the right ticks and all the, all the important checkboxes. Yeah. I think that's right. And, and I think basically going, going back, I think, again, specifically for us, I think judgment is very important. I think it depends a little bit on the organization. I think the more rules you have, the less judgment you need. If mm -hmm. you have very few rules, then I think it's, it's even more important. Um, and I think it's also important to basically understand, like, generally dealing with, with ambiguity and also if, if a task or like a project is given to you, being able to question it and like sort of say, is this actually what we should be working on? Maybe it's not, right? So having a very open mindset, basically, and, and sort of like almost looking at it from a like, well, what would I do if I were the CEO, right? Does it actually make sense to pursue this project? I think that's the kind of thinking we want to have um, to sort of be very critical um, mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, the, 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 um, the situation, basically, or like, or like the, the project that, that you've been given. Cool. Um, then my last question would be, is there anything missing? Is you've been waiting for a question all the, the whole interview long, but I haven't asked the question. 
Is there something that's that's on your mind in that area um, that uh -huh. we talked about it yet? I think we we covered actually a lot. So um, I don't I don't think there's anything that would I would say like there that's missing right now, and uh, we haven't we haven't been talking about. Cool, Julian. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank um, you for your time, and it was a very interesting um, interview. And I think um, we have to make our students more independent problem solvers. That's that sounds great. We, we would love that. Thanks for listening to this third episode of the Information Systems Wonderland podcast. If you want to know more, subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, and stay tuned for the following episodes to come. Signing off, Michael, your travel guide through the Information Systems Wonderland. The song in this episode is As Colorful As Ever from Broke For Free from the Free Music Archive.